for the ones who aren't afraid to stand out, to embrace the unexpected, who live for the thrill of somewhere new, for those who were born originals, for whom local is a language they're always learning, and authentic their only destination, for those who want to drink it all in, the spirit, the vibrance, the flavor of it all, who want to stay in the moment, in the story, and in the thick of it, or off the map, and leave the details to someone else, for those who crave a collection of hotels that stay with them, the Tapestry Collection, stay original. This is Teachable Moments with April podcast, and you guessed it, I'm your host, April. If you're a returning listener and a part of the Teachable Moments with April podcast family, welcome back. For those who are checking me out for the first time, well, hello and welcome. To everyone listening, be encouraged and look for the Teachable Moments that are all around us. Enjoy. Today's conscience from Our Daily Word, devotional number one, what's the point? We look at the book of Ecclesiastics 12, 13. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. What's the point? This question came to mind as I watched my grandson's dog fetch a ball for me again and again. What's the point? That's what the writer of Ecclesiastics asked as he thought about the monotonous cycle he observed in nature and in life. The same things happening year after year, generation after generation. What's the point? That's what a retired businessman was asking in effect when he told me he would just as soon die as live any longer. He had seen and done everything he had wanted to do. Now he had reached the place where he, where life held more pain for him than actual pleasure. What's the point? But you know what? Here it is. A few years before a friend of mine died, he said life is a wonderful experience. It's marvelous to see that God keeps nature going in its pattern. It's wonderful to know that we're here to love God above everything and to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's comforting to believe that all our sins are forgiven because of what Christ did on the cross. And it's exciting to think about the eternity that God has for us. It is sure it is great to be alive. Life can be depressing when God is left out, but how exciting it is when he is at the center. Today's affirmation is this, when we focus on Christ, everything else becomes so clear. Today's conscience from Our Daily Word, devotional number two. What is your set point? Look at the book of Psalms 4-7. You have put gladness in my heart. Now, David Lichen, a professor at the University of Minnesota, has developed what he calls a set point 
of theory of happiness. He contends that most people return to their level, previous level of happiness within six months to a year after dramatic events like the sorrow of losing a loved one or the thrill of moving into a dream home. He calls that original reference point of happiness their set point. Now, the Christian, however, has a different kind of set point, one that does not depend on the normal highs and lows of human experience. The Bible tells us to find our joy and sense of well-being in the unchanging God rather than in our changing circumstances. The psalmist uh, David praised the Lord saying this, You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. He had a source of joy that was not tied to economic prosperity. He had a source of joy that was not tied to other things as well. In fact, the gladness God gave him was greater than any form of any kind of financial windfall. We will have the same experience as the psalmist when we stop saying, I would be happier if, and begin affirming this, I am thankful to God because... Joy that is centered in our unchanging God, no matter what our circumstances, should be the Christian's set point. Today's uh, affirmation is this. To know lasting happiness, we must get to know Jesus. Today's contents from Our Daily Word, devotional number three existing or truly living we look at the book of john 10 10 i have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly on a family visit to disneyland i pondered the sign over the entrance arch that read welcome to the happiest place on earth the rest of the day i looked at the faces of the people and was impressed by the small number who were actually smiling during their visit to the happiest place on earth. I roamed the park with divided attention, trying to make sure my kids had a good time and wondering why so few adults seem to be enjoying themselves. As I think of that day, I am reminded of a line from an old song that says, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. So it seems. To live life to the fullest is quantitatively different than merely existing. In fact, Jesus said that part of his mission was in, was to enable us to live life to the fullest. I have come that you may have life and that, that they may have it more abundantly. He came so that we could experience life to the full, not according to the standards of a fallen world, but life as it was intended to be. It is life according to the designs and desires of the creator of life. By coming to provide forgiveness for rebellious, broken people, Jesus has made it possible for us to live a life of joy and hope in a world of despair. Today's affirmation is this, to know God puts a song in your heart and a smile on your face. Today's content is from Our Daily Word, devotional number four. Ask the question, are you struggling? We look at the book of Hebrews 12, 3. Consider him who endured such hostility, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. 
I was in my second year of widowhood when I was struggling. Morning after morning, my prayer life consisted of one daily sigh. Lord, I shouldn't be struggling like this. And why not? His still, small voice asked me from within one morning. Then the answer came, unrecognized pride. Somehow I had thought that a person of my spiritual maturity should be beyond such a struggle. What a ridiculous thought. I had never been a widow before and needed the freedom to be a true learner, even a struggling learner. At the same time, I was reminded of the story of a man who took home a cocoon so he could watch the emperor moth emerge. As the moth struggled to get through the tiny opening, the man enlarged it with a snip of his scissors. The moth emerged easily, but its wings were shriveled. The struggle through the narrow opening is God's way to force fluid from its body into its wings. The merciful snip, in reality, was actually pretty cruel. Hebrews 12 describes the Christian life as a race that involves endurance, discipline, and correction. We never get beyond the need of a holy striving against self and sin. Sometimes the struggle is exactly what we need to become what God intends us to be. Today's affirmation is this. We experience God's strength in the strain of our struggle. Today's conscience from Our Daily Word, devotional number five. We ask the question, why me? We look at the book of Luke 17, 15. One of them, when we saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. A few years ago, an unkept, poorly adjusted youth named Tim, not his real name, was converted to Christ in an evangelistic crusade. Several days later, still unkept, but bathed in the love of Christ, he was sent to my home so that I could help him find a good church, and so it was that he began attending with me. Now, though Tim needed and received much loving help in personal grooming and basic uh, social graces, one characteristic was re- had remained unchanged. Do you know what it was? his untamed love for his Savior. Now, one Sunday after church, Tim rushed to my side, looking somewhat perplexed. He exclaimed, Why me? I keep asking myself, Why me? Oh no, I thought, he's becoming another complaining Christian. Then with arms outstretched, he went on to say, Out of all the people in the world who are greater and smarter than I Why did God choose me? With that, he joyfully clapped his hands. Over the years, I've heard many Christians, including myself, ask, Why me? During very tough times, very tough seasons of life. But Tim is the first one I ever heard ask the question when talking about God's blessings. Many were converted the same night as Tim. But I wonder how many among them have humbly asked, Why me? May we ask it often. Today's affirmation is this. Gratitude should be a continuous attitude.
Today's contents from Our Daily Word, devotional number six, and we ask the question, what now? We look at 2 Chronicles 20, 12. We have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. During the years that I taught junior high students in an overcrowded school, I used to say, only slightly in jest, that my morning prayer was in 2 Chronicles 20, 12. Oh, our God, <laughs> will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. When Judah's king Jehoshaphat spoke those words, it was a matter of life and death. As a coalition of armies marched against Jerusalem, the people of Judea gathered to seek God's guidance and help. During threatening times of disruption and change, we need to ask, Lord, what do you want to do with this moment? And like King Jehoshaphat, we should begin our prayer with praise to our sovereign and powerful Father in heaven. God told the king and his people this, Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Now tomorrow go down against them, for the Lord is with you. Verses 15 and 17. In stressful and very confusing situations, we might ask a worried, what now? But if we look to the Lord and trust in His care, our fear will be replaced with peace. Today's affirmation is this. Faith ends where worry begins, and worry ends where faith begins. Are you ready to transform your church from a building to a welcoming home? Are you ready to create lasting first impressions? We've been right where you are and have felt the way you're feeling. When you decided to go into ministry, it was because you felt a call to seek and save the lost, to make disciples, and to fulfill the Great Commission. It's time to feel encouraged about the importance of what you do and challenged to improve and innovate on how you do it. It's time to learn how to connect with people and make them want to keep coming back. The process to start reaching and keeping is simple. Our focus is on creating welcoming environments for members and guests each weekend. We are here to encourage you. Get ready. First Impressions Conference Fall 2023. Coming soon. contents from our daily word devotional number seven and we ask the question what's ahead we look at the book of revelations 21 4 god will wipe away every tear from their eyes if we consider what people thought years ago about life in the future we realize how hard it is to know what's ahead for instance what if everyone had believed the patent officer who in 1899 said everything that can be invented has been invented 
Or what if folks in the 19th century had believed this memo from Western Union? The telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a means of communication. Predictions about the future are usually bad guesses. When I was a kid, I read science magazines that said that by the end of the 20th century, we'll be all flying around in air cars and living in dome houses. One source for what's ahead, however, is never wrong, and it's God's Word. The Bible has assuringly and reassuring words for those who believe that Jesus died and rose again at 1 Thessalonians 4.14. The Apostle Paul gave us the comforting words that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Verse 16, Christ will return to gather together all those, both living and the dead, who have placed their faith in him. And thus we shall always be with the Lord, wrote Paul at verse 17. No matter what's ahead for us, we may with certainty comfort one another with these words. Verse 18. Today's affirmation is this. We can trust our all-knowing God for the unknown future. Today's contents from our daily word devotional number eight and we ask the question what me worry we look at the book of philippians 4 6 be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god whenever a preacher begins to talk about worry i sense a pair of eyes staring at me without even turning my head i know that my husband is looking at me to see if I'm paying attention. I hate to admit it, but I'm a worrier. And precisely because they are a lot of people just like me, Jesus addressed this problem found in Matthew um, chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, when he said this, Do not worry. Don't worry about the basic needs of life, food, clothing, shelter, and don't worry about tomorrow. Worry may be a symptom of a bigger problem. Sometimes it's a lack of gratitude for the way God has cared for us in the past, or perhaps it's a lack of faith that God really is trustworthy. Or it may be a refusal to depend on God instead of ourselves. Some people expand the worry circle to their families, friends, and churches. They're a lot like the ten spies in the book Numbers, uh, chapter 13, verses 26 to 33, who spread their fear and doubt to everyone else. But those who put their trust in God alone can stand along Joshua and Caleb, the only ones in the group of 12 whom God allowed to enter the promised land. Don't let worries hold you back from what God may be trying to teach you. He invites you to bring your anxious thoughts directly to him today's affirmation is this to be anxious about nothing and pray and pray about everything today's contents from our daily word devotional number nine 
and we ask the question, frustrated or content? We look at Ecclesiastics 2, 18. I hated all my labor in which I had toiled under the sun. Now King Solomon, who had studied diligently and worked hard for worthwhile earthly goals, realized that at his death his fortune would go to people who had not worked for it and might misuse it. This caused him to become resentful because of all of the sorrowful days and sleepless nights, Ecclesiastics 2.23, he had invested. He's not alone in feeling this way. A highly successful lawyer told me he often wonders why he worked so hard. He said his sons and daughters had been misusing his money and making a mess of their lives. He knows they will probably waste everything he leaves them. Another man who had worked hard and managed his money, well, said sadly, All my hard work and my kids can hardly wait for me to die. Now Solomon, however, did not remain in this dejected state. He found meaning and satisfaction through faith in God. He said that inner contentment is a gift of God to his children. This enables them to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Verse 24, God replaces frustration with contentment. The more room we give to God in our lives, the more we will have wisdom and knowledge and joy. Verse 26, Paul summed it up this way. Godliness with contentment is great gain. 1 Timothy 6.6 Today's affirmation is this. Contentment is the soil in which true joy drives. Thrives. Sorry guys. Thrives. Today's content is from Our Daily Word, devotional number 10, and we ask the question, who's in control? We look at Romans 8:14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. By nature, we all have a desire to control our world. From infancy, we turn to our own independent way, trying to control circumstances the future, other people, and even God if we could. Since we can't, we end up frustrated, hostile, and extremely critical. Our need to be in control is rooted in excessive self-love. For example, when people we love are sick, we often want them to get well so we can get some rest and not have to worry about them. Boil it down to this, a Bible teacher once said, we are madly in love with ourselves. Now, in Romans 8, the Apostle Paul called this self-centeredness the flesh. By nature, we live as if we owe the flesh our obedience. But Paul reminded us in verse 12 that this isn't so. He then offered an effective alternative. We can be led and controlled by God's Spirit, found at verse 14. We may be afraid to give control of our lives to God, but we needn't be. Human control shackles us. God's control gives us freedom, and human control insists on immediate results, and God's control allows for a lifelong process of change. Are you madly in love with yourself? Why not turn the controls of your life over to God? Ask Him to change you and help you to love Him and others. Today's affirmation is this, to be under Christ's control is to have true freedom.
Today's content is from our daily word, devotional 11, entitled, and asking the question, what are we holding on to? Hmm. We look at 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. In the classic The Lord of the Rings trilogy came to life in recent years on film. In the second epic story, the hero, Frodo, reached a point of despair and wearily confided to his friend, I can't do this, Sam. As a good friend, Sam gave a rousing speech in which he said, It's like in the great stories, full of darkness and danger they were. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something, which prompted Frodo to ask, what are we holding on to, Sam? It's a significant question, one that we all need to ask ourselves. Living in a fallen and very broken world, it's no wonder that sometimes we feel overwhelmed by the powers of darkness. When we are at the point of despair, ready to throw in the towel, we do well to follow Paul's advice to Timothy when he said, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. In life's battles, let's hold on to the fact that good will triumph over evil in the end, and that one day we will see our master and leader face to face, and we will reign with him forever. You can't be part, you can be part of this great story. Okay, let me get that right. You can be a part of this great story knowing that if we have trusted Jesus for salvation, you are guaranteed the victory. Today's affirmation is this. The trials of earth are small compared with the triumphs of heaven. Today's content is from Our Daily Word, devotional number 12, and we ask the question, cut off? We look at the book of Psalms 31, 22. You heard the voice of my supplications when I cried out to you. During Antarctica's nine-month winter, the continent is engulfed in sheer darkness, and the temperature sinks to 100 and, hold on, minus 115 Fahrenheit. Whoa. Flights are halted from late February to November, which leaves workers at scattered research stations and isolated and virtually cut off from outside help. Now, yet during 2001, two daring rescue missions penetrated the polar winter and airlifted people with serious medical conditions to safety. We all feel helpless and cut off at times. It may seem that not even God can hear or answer our cries for help. The psalmist David said in a time of trouble, I am cut off from before your eyes. But David discovered that the Lord had not forgotten him, and he rejoiced. And he said, You heard the voice of my supplications when I cried out to you. Now, what circumstances make you feel helpless or hopeless today? Poor health? Broken relationships? A family member in great need? In Jesus Christ, God has pierced the dark winter of our world in a daring rescue through his redeeming love. He is therefore able to reach us and calm our fears in the most 
desperate of circumstances. We are never, we are never, never cut off from the mighty power and sustaining peace of God. Today's affirmation is this, God's help is only a prayer way. A prayer of gratitude. Lord, today we celebrate your magnificent splendor, and by your hand you place time in motion. For the first day of creation until this day, your creative wonders have filled the universe. Today we celebrate your mighty power, and by your hand you raise Christ from the grave, and by your hand you choose us and gave us life. From Resurrection Sunday and to this very day, your love has given life to all mankind. Father, we thank you for today and we thank you for all you have done and all you do. In love, gratitude, and honor, we give this special day to you. May we rest in your presence, Lord. May we find peace in your protection all the days of our lives. May we bathe in your goodness and celebrate the gift of eternal life when we believe. This day and every day we seek you. This day and every day we worship you. This day and every day we love you. In the precious name of your Son, amen. You were just listening to Teachable Moments with April Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. We invite you to stay connected with us on the other social media platforms of ours, which is TikTok, Pinterest, Instagram, Threads, and YouTube. Also, we'd like to invite you to check out our official podcast landing page on podpage.com slash teachable moments with April to see all our content in one place and leave personal messages, feedback, and more.